Let us pray. Lord God, we have invited you into this space. And we don't take that lightly that you come to enlighten us. So let us hear what you have to say. Let those words be spoken, be of you, Lord. This we pray in Jesus' name, amen. The text, the scripture from the text is Proverbs 9, 1 through 6. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered animals. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servant girls. And she calls from the highest places in the town. You that are simple, turn in here. To those without sense, she says, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Lay aside immaturity and live and walk in the way of insight. This is the word of God for the people of God. The title of today's sermon is Uncommon Sense. Growing up, there were many instances, and there are still many instances, but when I was younger, maybe dealing with kids in my class or just life events, and would go to my parents and say, but that doesn't make sense. Why would anyone do that when they could easily just do X, Y, and Z? And time and time again, they would say, because there's nothing common about sense. What we think people should and should not do, they don't tend to do that, right? They confound us time and time again. If you want to be surprised on a regular basis, assume. Assume someone is going to do something. Assume you were clear when you said it. Assume that it won't happen the way you want it to and then maybe it will. But the point is, there's nothing common about sense. And when we look in a text, we see that happening in, in the scripture. So as a bit of, I guess, a heads up, I'm gonna be doing something that I don't normally do. I'm gonna be comparing two different texts. One, Old Testament Proverbs, and then we're gonna to go to John. So if you wanna flip ahead of time, you go to John 6, 51 through 58. But first, Proverbs 9, 1 through 6. So wisdom is personified as a woman. A woman throwing this huge banquet. She has hewn pillars, and if we want to get into it, the pillars, seven, some say means completeness, some perfection. But the point is, this is a grand house. This isn't some shanty or some shack somewhere. No, wisdom has riches. So sit, sit with that for a minute. Wisdom has wealth, but wisdom doesn't just have wealth for herself. No, wisdom is preparing a banquet for others. So she is slaughtering, slaughtering calves or she is getting the table prepared. 
she sends out her servants to share the news. So people don't even know that this banquet is happening. This is just the spur of the moment. This is just, hey, I have a banquet. Everyone can come. There is no limitation. There's not gonna be some bouncer at the front saying you can't get in. No, wisdom banquet is available to everyone who will come. And it says that it is for those who are simple. Simple can be interpreted as ignorant, not knowing. You know, nothing malicious or undermining in that. You don't know what you don't know. But here at Wisdom's Banquet, you can learn, you can sit, you can find out about, just have conversation. She's talking about those, most specifically, who are immature. And when we think about immature, who do we think of? What demographic do we normally think of as being immature? I see some, but I'm not gonna point them out. I'm glad you're here, actually. Hey. <laughs> but we think about youth, right? Because there's a period in time, we've, we've experienced it, when we just do some things and maybe a parent's response is, did that make sense to you? Did that seem wise? Now, in your mind, you might be thinking, well, at the time it did. Because all foolishness seems wise at the time, if only because you want to do it. Like, that's, that's enough reason to do it. It's not about the consequences. I hadn't done it before. I had an opportunity. It seemed wise to do it. But given the consequences, in hindsight, you realize, well, maybe it wasn't the wisest thing to do. Maybe I could have done something else. But at any rate, so wisdom here is seen for those who are immature because the assumption is that when we get older, we have more wisdom and we have more sense. But we know, as I stated before, you wanna assume something, <laughs> you will be proven wrong time and time again. Just because you have age on you doesn't make you wiser, unfortunately. You have why, you, there, I mean, there are some people who are wise beyond their years and they're only 16. And you say, have you been here before? Have you done this before? Is this your second time around? And then there's some older individuals and you go, were you ever a child? Did you, <laughs> does that make sense to you? Because why? Wisdom and sense is not common. So I wanna tell you this, young people, and I'm gonna be saying this throughout, 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 throughout. Don't allow people to discredit your experience. Don't allow people to say that you can't and you won't. If anything, let that be fuel for you to do and to show. Put that pin in there for a minute. All right, so youth. And this can also be immature in faith. There, again, assumption that just because a person might come to church every Sunday, attend Bible study, when offered, whenever the doors of the church are open, that person is there, that they have a relationship with the Lord and they know something about the Bible. 
ask a question. And they have no idea what you're talking about. Because, again, immaturity isn't about how long you've lived. Some people are still drinking milk. And they've been in the house of the Lord or claiming God all of their lives. But there's not the maturity that's there. But this banquet is for everyone. Everyone. No closed doors. All right, so now we're going to go to John 6. Because when John is writing this, he is referencing Proverbs. In a sense that there is, there's a culture, right? There's already a culture that exists, the Jewish culture. And then so a lot of what John is doing is explaining the Jewish culture to the Gentiles. We would be they. We would be the Gentiles. And also in doing this, though, it's bringing along those who have a relationship or are presumed, I'm going to switch it up, are presumed to have a relationship with the Lord. Because they would have heard the Proverbs already. But if you're not of that culture, you have no idea. But what it's doing is it's introducing to some and reacquainting for others. So here we go. John 6, 51 through 58. It reads, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so also whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. The word of God. Yeah, that makes no sense. <laughs> right? I know you don't want to say it. That's okay. I just said it. In our human wisdom, that makes no sense at all. Eat my flesh. Again, the Jews, excuse me, do what now? flesh and blood? No, no, no. And it says as much. <laughs> How can this man give us his flesh to eat? This makes no sense. And we find time and time again that God doesn't work with what we know and what we think adds up. God works with God's own wisdom and understanding, which is beyond anything that we can fathom. So here are some other connections. Wisdom. Wisdom is speaking. In the John text, who is speaking? Jesus. Jesus is speaking. Jesus, oftentimes in the Greek text, is referred to as the Logos, especially in John. The word. Wisdom. 
See, again, John is making these connections between the Proverbs, the wisdom literature, and then Jesus. Showing that this isn't some new faith, saying that God hasn't made this new, that God is continuing the narrative and we just keep forgetting. That the wisdom in Proverbs that was calling for everyone is the wisdom in Christ who calls for everyone. So the eating of the flesh and the drinking of the blood, is Jesus being literal? And I know some of you, I know this will be a debate. It's been a debate countless times. But in the Presbyterian faith, we do not believe that the flesh and blood are present. When we take communion, that is not our belief. We believe in real presence, the Holy Spirit, is with us when we take communion. That is the real presence that we receive, but not the flesh and blood eating. Because that wasn't the point. The point is what? The point is that Jesus is the source of life. That the words that Jesus is speaking or Jesus has spoken is the wisdom that we need to receive. So whenever we hear something, we have to test it, not against our understanding or what has been put out there in the world, but we have to test it against what God has said and what God has shown us in the past to be true. And I know you may be thinking, but Terrell pastors say stuff all the time. How do I discern? How do I know? I'm going to tell you this, just because the pastor says it doesn't make it true. I'll tell you that right now. Just because it comes from the pulpit doesn't mean it's the facts. Doesn't mean that it's spirit-filled and doesn't mean that it's God-led. But you're like, then how will I know? Because wisdom is available to everyone. God doesn't say you have it, you don't get it. You have it. I'll try again next time. You have it. <laughs> you must be kidding me, right? Jesus is available to everyone. The Bible is available to everyone. Google is available to everyone. So if you don't understand something, you can Google it. And if you're still confused, a body of believers, we're not alone. If we have a dissenting voice, there may be someone who dissents. But if in the body of Christ, and I must, I must highlight that fact. Not saying just, you know, a group and you sow and you talk about God. No, like the body of Christ, the spirit of God rests upon that gathering. If you have a dissenting voice, but everyone else of the same mind, that's godly sense right there. Maybe, maybe that's not, that's not it. Another test, look at the person's life. That's not to say that being a Christian doesn't come with hardship and trials and tribulations because it will. That's part of our testimony, how God got us out. But what it is to say is, is this person's life a model? of Christ? 
Are they from crisis to crisis because they start crisis to crisis? Are they drama to drama because they're stirring up drama to drama? And then putting God on it. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> because it's real. When we're talking about living this faith and having wisdom, and yet in the world we hear so much garbage and it becomes confusing when deciphering or trying to tease out who is of God. Because people are claiming Lord, Lord, Lord. And in the text, what does it say? Not everyone who says Lord, Lord is called by my name. To paraphrase, just because you say Lord, Lord, doesn't mean that the person is actually with God. But the wisdom, the wisdom that comes from God, again, the discernment, because that's part of wisdom, discerning. You may not know. You may, you, may, you may question. It may seem right. It may seem sound. This may be someone who you've grown up with. It may be even someone who you live with, someone who you've trusted, someone who you are to trust. But yet, maybe that, maybe that right there isn't it. And that's difficult, right? Because we love them. And telling someone, I don't think that's of God. Starts a conversation. And it may not be a godly conversation. But, but the thing is, having those conversations not only brings us closer to God's wisdom, but also brings that person to God's wisdom as well. If that person truly believes. But, and it, you know, it could be you. If we're constantly bucking against what God, what God wants or what the people of God are saying, discernment and wisdom. Never said it would be easy. But I imagine that when Jesus died on the cross that it wasn't easy either. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. So going back, they were confused. Because they were being literal. They, the audience, when they were hearing Jesus speak, they were like, this can't be literal. The human wisdom, the human understanding only going so far. It's like, that's not what I'm talking about. But he references manna, right? So another, for let's, let's remember what the manna was. So the children of Israel have just escaped Egypt, and they're wandering in the desert, complaining, talking about they're hungry, as we normally do when we're on a trip and we don't want to be on it. And so they were complaining, desert, desert. We live in Arizona. We understand desert. <laughs> Dry, no sustenance. And they leave, well, they go to camps, and then when they come out in the morning, there's this flaky stuff that's on the ground. And it was like, what is this? Manna from heaven. That's, how it, that's what it translates to. 
So you have this miraculous event that confounds the people. And so what's happening here is the bread of heaven. You've had bread of heaven before. You've had your mind blown by God before. You've had your understanding of how God will provide just wrecked, made anew before. Why not now? So what are the modern day implications of this? Is that, oh, but that was in the New Testament. Oh, that was in the Old Testament. In your life, you've had God show up before in ways that you did not assume God would show up. You've had God be an abundant presence in your life in ways that you didn't think could happen. It flabbergasted you. It went beyond your wisdom and understanding. So if God could do it then, whatever situation you may be experiencing this day, this week, whenever, God can and will do it again. Because fortunately, God's ability to come through for us isn't based upon whether or not we expected it or whether or not we understand it or whether or not we can articulate it or whether or not we were wanting it to be done that way. Because I can tell you, there were many times when God showed up in my life in a different direction and I was looking over here and I got tapped on the shoulder and God said, no, I want you to look over there. And you know what? God did amazingly. God did what I was asking God for because it was a different kind of wisdom. We limit God all the time. We tell, we tell God what can't be done. We say, God, that can't happen. God, that won't happen. I've messed up too many times. This person has come to me too many times. There can be no reconciliation. And God is like, you give it, you give it to me. You let me deal with it. So for my youth, I want to give this to you before I close. I said earlier, don't let anyone tell you what you can and cannot do. You have the ability to have access to God just as any adult. That doesn't mean to be disrespectful. That comes with wisdom. Wisdom and discernment and knowing when what an adult is telling you is of God or not. Because you will hear a lot of nonsense. And it will be given to you as though it is the truth. Know God for yourself. Know that God's wisdom is available to you as it is to everyone else. And you can stand on that firmly. Amen.